0: welcome to the nerd review this is the show where we talk about movies tv shows video games books and comic books today you're listening to episode 16 and we are talking about the santa claus one two and three as we kick off that's right Christmas season oh what's that oh the music is changing it is now officially Christmas so let's enjoy some Christmas themes and talk about an ama- amazing Christmas movies one of the best Christmas franchises eh, the first two <laughs> probably not the third one um it exists definitely it exists but it is maybe not considered one of the best Christmas movies out there uh but they they attempted something that's for sure and uh, let's jump into that and talk about all that now So to kick off the Christmas season, I wanted to start with my all-time favorite Christmas movies, and that is definitely The Santa Claus 1 and The Santa Claus 2. And The Santa Claus 3 definitely exists. Uh, It is a movie that was made, no, I'm kidding. It's it's not that bad of a movie. Uh, it's uh, it's quite enjoyable still. I watched it recently. But let's start with the, the Santa Claus one. Film 1994. Uh, it was actually the year I was born, so I didn't get to see it. I wouldn't be watching it until probably six years later, which is the year the sequel comes out. Which is you know good timing for me to jump on on board. I get to watch the first one and then right away enjoy the second one. No waiting in between uh, for that sequel. So the first one. This one comes out in 1994. Uh, It's directed by John Pasquin. Uh, He also directed uh, a bunch of Home Improvement, 39 episodes of Home Improvement. So he had a good relationship with Tim Allen already. He would go on to direct uh, Miss Congeniality 2. So very good director. And, uh, you know, he did a great job with the Santa Claus. So it's, you know, it stars Tim Allen as uh, Scott Calvin. He'll become Santa Claus. Uh, You know, in there is Judge Reinhold as Neil, uh, the lovable uh, Neil with his his terrible sweaters and his weird uh, slow-talking. I love that character, he's hilarious. Uh, Wendy Crewson as the ex-wife, Laura, and Eric Lloyd as the young son, Charlie Calvin. And uh, the movie is, uh, it's quintessential Christmas. It's so, uh, I mean, everything about it is so well designed. The sets are beautiful. The The design of the sleigh, uh, the, the Santa outfit is iconical. It's very classic. Christmas classic um classic designs of what you expect Santa to look like uh at least by the time I was a child that's what I associated with Santa and it was it was great growing up uh in you know the early the late 90s early 2000s and Santa Claus 1 Santa Claus 2 I think the the Grinch uh Jim Carrey's Grinch would come out around the same time um and it was just uh was very magical uh, time to, that I think about when I look back on you know the holidays and this time of year. I'm very nostalgic and I love uh, tradition and what, what we do as a family and you know putting up the Christmas tree on the first weekend of December and on the TV I'm gonna have Santa Claus or Home Alone 1 and oh, it's just such good memories you know you're making cookies and you're putting the lights on the tree and you're doing the decorating and you're putting all the the ornaments with all the good memories associated with all those ornaments it's a it's a magical time of year so with that said let's get into <laughs> the santa claus so i hope everybody knows what the santa claus is about the first movie at least the first movie uh maybe you weren't interested in the sequels um, but the first movie is, you know, this struggling dad, he's juggling, you know, his job, uh, he's a toy maker, which, you know, coincidentally lines up with, you know, being Santa, he understands the uh, the market, <laughs> he's worked with, uh, you know, he needs to appeal to children and, you know, make toys, so I like that uh, symmetry there. And uh, it's, uh, it's something that's been mentioned that at this time, in this time period of movies, there's always this... Uh, the setup of the the main character is a dad that's like struggling between work and his kids and oftentimes he's divorced or going through a divorce and through the through the plot of the movie and the issues that he'll resolve through the movie he ultimately becomes a better dad and you know like in, in the same thing in this he'll become you know like Scott becomes uh, you know Santa and when he becomes Santa therefore he also becomes a better dad and he understands the value of family and all that so it's it was uh it was a very thematic uh thing very popular theme of the 90s and early 2000s uh so I, I noticed that found that very funny and right so the plot of the first movie is you know they hear something out on the roof and they go out and they find santa and he slides off the roof and Scott ends up putting on the suit and he agrees to the Santa Claus that now he is replacing the former Santa and he's becoming Santa and you know they have this magical night and it is really um really well captured and it does feel magical the music the scoring is is amazing and that first trip to the north pole uh you know after he's delivered a few gifts and you know that that bag that amazing uh you know they they put like that spell from harry potter on it uh expandio or whatever it is i don't know i don't remember what the spell is but makes it like infinite storage um i assume it's the same kind of magic that uh, Santa has on this, uh, you know, his bag of toys, and he's pulling out all these gifts and stuff. And then, so that that first uh, trip to the North Pole, uh, the music is, you know, just am- amazing Christmas music. And there's just that one elf and that that one candy cane pole, and she presses the buttons, and they lower, they spin around, and it's just it's all Christmas music. And you see all the elves tacking away, and there's these these big candy cane arches. Everything has a candy. All the arches have big Candy canes, and and you're introduced to uh, Bernard David Crumholtz who's uh, you know an amazing in in Santa Claus one and two, and then he would be you know too busy uh, with numbers and too popular to return for uh, the Santa Claus three. Um, but uh, in in Santa Claus one and two, he's always been my favorite. I love Bernard, and so uh, he's you know Santa's number two. Santa's number Santa's number two. He's Santa's number one. Number two is is Curtis. He's in. He's we'll get to that. He's in. He's in the Santa Claus too, uh, but he's he's the number one elf, so he's technically yeah, Santa's, you know, number well I guess I mean but he is number two because if Santa's number one he's number two but he's the number one elf Um, (laughs) so he stamped his number one elf and uh, if that was if you didn't get that point and (laughs) so he you know gives him the tour and he explains that he put the coat on and now he is Santa Claus and they have this very nice uh, evening and you know Elf Judy comes uh, uh, that was played by uh, Paige Tamanda Tamanda um and uh, this very cute uh kid and she has the cocoa and she brings him to the room and gives him his pajamas and they point out that you know scott calvin it's the same initials as santa claus and uh they they fall asleep him and charlie uh the young eric lloyd and uh they they fall asleep in the north pole and they wake up back in their house and you know scott is wearing the pajamas and he's like oh that was one heck of a dream and he comes out into the living room and there's all these gifts that you know weren't there the night before and Charlie is you know ecstatic he remembers everything they had this great time in the North Pole and uh, the movie goes on from there from that these magic It's just this magical uh, you know exploration of the North Pole and Santa's you know the this tour of Santa's workshop and now uh, you know I, I like that it, it kind Kind of like skips time you don't really have much um like uh you, you're not dilly-dallying in between so it, it kind of skips in between the like the 10 months in between christmas and the next christmas so like the movie technically takes place across like three three years because it's it's well two years it's yeah it's two years in this one i think the next one yeah it's always two years no it's always two years because it's the time in between like there's the first christmas and then in between and then it ends on another christmas so yeah it would be two years um so two christmases and um, so you know just trying to get my timeline here in order and during that time scott has to come to terms with being santa claus and you know he gets the the naughty and nice list and his body starts to change which uh it's been pointed out i've read a lot of things and even i you know on re-watching it you notice that this this period of time like the becoming santa claus is almost like a like a curse like a bodily curse on you on you like he starts like gaining weight. And and like he shaves his beard and then it just like grows back in the mirror and and he's just like yep i'm in trouble it's, it's, it's very uh it's very comical it was very very funny and so let's uh okay so let's not get too lost in a play-by-play of the movies because if we want to if we want to cover all three movies we uh we need to to pick it up a bit so the the first movie he he knocks santa off his roof and if you've seen the interviews with tim allen you know that um that there was there was a different part of there was a different uh, script at one point and it included him shooting santa off his roof much more like you know you're in texas kind of thing and like hey get off my roof bang and so they they watered it down It you know it ended up being a disney film uh so maybe they were they were shopping around for different production companies um but so santa falls off the roof he puts on the suit he's santa claus he comes to term with it there's some uh you know amazing amazing scenes i and amazing things that i didn't know about too um the reindeer uh, are animatronic their animatronic reindeer. Uh, the sounds of of the reindeer of Comet and um, Donner are reused v- uh, sound effects from the Doom video game. That's one of the things on the trivia page that I, uh, I found uh, really interesting. Um, Eric Lloyd, the 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 child, he he lost his uh, two front teeth. During filming of the movie, and they had to create uh, prosthetics for him. Uh, he had a little denture uh, plate, dent- dentures plate, uh, that he had to put in uh, for <laughs> the filming of the movie, so that he would have a uh, front teeth. That was pretty funny. Uh, there was some really cool featurettes. They they did a lot of work around the movie too to be inclusive and and like make it seem that it was very like he that like Scott was Santa and this was like real magic for children. So there was a featurette called uh, "So You Want to Be an Elf." Uh, that was uh, Bernard and he was going around with a few kids showing them how to tie bows and 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 make you know toys and stuff. And I mean he was pretty intense at one point. The kids like putting a bow on a on a on a present and it's pretty loose and Bernard comes over and he's like this one's uh you know this one's kind of loose you know Santa got stuck in a chimney once and you know you know you wouldn't want that to happen again he was all he couldn't get out that, that rope uh, that ribbon that ribbon that ribbon got stuck on a wall and he wasn't able to 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 move and, and i was like oh that's that's kind of intense uh, what happened to that Santa? Like, did you have a rescue team? And in another scene right before this feature wraps up there's a letter to Santa and this kid is asking for a little brother or sister and Bernard's like oh well that's a job for the stork and he puts it in a pile that has a little photo of a stork on it and I just think the implications of this are hilarious that in this world not only does Santa Claus exist and he brings gifts that you know nobody bought and you know apparently maybe the ki- the, the parents have some form of amnesia. Or it's like part of the magical spell that they're like, you know. Oh yeah, I guess I, I bought that canoe in the first movie. He pulls a canoe out of that bag and just leaves it lying up against the the wall, and you, you just expect like the parents to wake up and be like. I didn't I didn't buy that canoe did you <laughs> and so like uh, I don't understand how parents and how adults in this world don't believe in Santa Claus with all these gifts popping up and apparently uh, according to this future ed, that all your all, all that has to happen is that one of your kids requests a, a a baby brother or sister from Santa and they just hand that off to the stork they will outsourcing there and then you know now' you're, g- you're gonna get a kid with apparently no no input from you just kid pops up like do you just you magically get pregnant you're just at work one day and you're just like oh pregnant now <laughs> the 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 magical implications of this make this um, this Santa Claus universe even more hilarious <laughs> so um, I mean it was a it was a very enjoyable little featurette and it was the the work all around this movie to really dial up the magic uh, it it it's evident they they put a lot of effort into it and they made it uh, really you know Feature rich, I mean featurette, uh, for kids, you know, to, to really believe in this this magical universe of Santa Claus, and I think that's great. And um, I mean, the movie had a budget of twenty two million dollars, and it was a huge success. It made one hundred forty four million dollars at the box office, and to this day, it's considered. Such an amazing Christmas movie. Um, I loved it. I've loved it since I first saw it. I was probably, like I said, I was probably six, maybe seven years old. And then Santa Claus 2 comes out, like literally, probably the same year that I'm watching the Santa Claus and like actually digesting. Because maybe, you know, maybe I saw it when I was three, four years old because it did come out in 1994. Um, but it wasn't until probably, you know, I'm six, like seven years old that I really like appreciate this movie. Around the same age as Charlie was. Uh, you know Eric Lloyd the uh, the actor that plays Charlie and that you know you identify with that character and you 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 picture yourself like with your dad going on this amazing adventure and like I could you know easily uh, recall thinking and, and imagining that like you know I was Charlie and that you know it was my dad that goes up onto the roof and and he becomes Santa Claus and we get to go on this amazing adventure and that's you know that's something that resonates and I still uh, you know you imagine those those fantastic scenarios scenarios of like what if this was me and and so definitely when i was you know six seven years old the santa claus became an absolute favorite and then i was so fortunate that 2002 santa claus 2 comes out and so let's jump into the santa claus 2 now so it would be eight years uh, i believe i said six years before but it's eight years between uh 1994 and 2002 and between Santa Claus One and Santa Claus Two, which is amazing that you know how long it took them to make sequels uh, back in the day compared to you know how it takes less than a year on, in some cases to make a sequel these days, and you know even on a successful movie like the Santa Claus, it made you know 144 million dollars at the box office, and it's considered this amazing Christmas movie that it took them eight years to get around to making the sequel. But in some ways, it it's nice that they waited uh, so long um, because you know Eric Lloyd comes back, he reprises his role as charlie and it's nice that you know he's grown up a bit he's in middle school he's rebelling a bit and they they wrote this really in my opinion it's a, it's an amazing script they the plot and the way that it it moves santa claus and introduces these extra legendary figures and you know there's still you know Santa Claus is still a person and he has you know a life to juggle with the responsibilities of being Santa and you know he's a dad and according to Tim Allen that was part of what they wanted to portray they wanted to you know show this mythical creature that also has to you know juggle the responsibilities of being a parent and and I think they did that in a really effective way and then and then to introduce the the Mrs. Claus like in the first one, it was the Santa Claus. He put on the suit and became Santa. And now in this one, uh, he has to find his Mrs. Claus to remain Santa. And then, you know, they introduce all these extra elements. You know, Charlie's on the naughty list, and it's uh, it was really good. I mean, and and according to uh, Tim Allen, and there's some you know one of the interviews I watched, uh, he he mentions that he wanted it to be kind of more of an action Santa film for the kid in the adult, uh, so for all of us grown-up kids like myself, and the movie opens on, uh, you know, the th- where they're in, like, the elf version of, of, like, air traffic control, and they're monitoring, you know, the space above the North Pole, and there's a plane going over, and it's looking it's a cargo plane but i guess they have the equipment on board to look for oil uh which i believe is just like a sonar in tune kind of uh technology but they're picking up music and the sound of all the little elves and the scene is actually homage to run silent run deep uh, one of tim allen's favorite movies and uh it also pays homage to all the western movies at the end the final scene with the two santa the chase scene and you know tim allen is jumping from the reindeer to the sleigh and this was this was homage to the western movies and uh, that is just, uh, you know, it's really, it's really cool that it's, it's a Santa movie, it's a, it's a holiday movie, it's a kids movie, a lot of people would say. But there was still um, good references to older movies and western movies, and there was a very good approach, just like the first one. Um, a very wholehearted approach to, let's make a really good movie that is also a holiday movie, a kids movie, a Disney movie. But, you know, there's some good references, and some really, like, you know, you have to be, you know, quite familiar with films to, you know, pick up on this reference to run silent, run deep, or have seen Western movies where you see cowboys jumping from their horse to the, the cart to the, or the buggy. And, you know, th- that's not for, I mean, it's for the kids, but at the same time, like in, like to, to reference what Tim Allen said, it's for the kid in the adult. Uh, you know we all we were all kids one day and we once one day once upon a time and we grew up watching movies and and these were movies that we liked and then to see something like this where they took the time and they crafted it it's, uh, it, 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 told the, it stands the test of time because it, it made the movie uh, what it is, and what it is is a great movie. <laughs> so the second movie um, obviously gets an elevated budget. They, they bumped the budget up from the $22 million the first one had in 1994 to $65 million in 2002, and that really uh, lent itself to creating um, and really flushing out Santa's entire village. So not just his workshop or his room, but his entire village, his office, his house his quarters Um, you have that whole big square where they play tinsel football and uh, that i mean you can you can see that they spent that 65 million dollars they they had another uh, kind of featurette kind of like the first one so you want to be an elf but this one was uh inside the north pole with curtis uh that was the new addition to the cast spencer breslin um breslin uh he he's a great actor uh he's um he's he's very funny he was a young he was very young at the time and he uh he's kind of like taking everyone around the set and in character you know he he's getting his elf his his elf ears sparkled uh by the makeup crew and uh he's showing Throwing everybody around, and there's this uh, fun, this fun camaraderie, and uh, you know, like um, butting of heads between him and Bernard, uh, David Crumholtz, who returned for this sequel. They uh, they're going around and 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 sniping at each other, very similar to the way they snipe at each other in the movie. And, you know, Curtis is going on about how, uh, you know, Bernard is just, he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, threatened by him and he's paranoid that Curtis is coming for his, his number one position because in, uh, in the Santa Claus 2, Curtis is the number two elf and, and he's supposed to be the one in charge of like all the, the, the legal work, I guess, like the, the Santa Claus and they're, and, and Bernard is blaming him for, forgetting to bring up the Mrs. Claus before now and basically the deadline for the Mrs. Claus is, like, this Christmas. And so they have only a few months for for Scott, for Santa, to find his wife. And so they, they kind of extended this into the futurette and you know he's he's talking to the director about how you know he's gonna be you know he wants to be the number one elf and you know (laughs) Bernard's gotta watch his back and all that and it's it's quite funny because if you look at the third movie and David Krummel doesn't come back and so in the third movie Curtis Spencer Breslin he returns for his role as Curtis but now he actually is the number one elf which I just think is hilarious because like like that was the whole. That was the whole. Uh, the whole heads butting, and you know, Curtis was saying, like, oh, "I'm going to be number one elf." And then it's quite funny because he, you know, what, what did he do to Bernard? What happened to Bernard, man? Uh, and and it, I'll, I'll come back to this, but we might we might find out what happened to Bernard and where he was and what he was up to because we have the new Disney Plus series uh, to look forward to. And I've I've only watched the first two episodes uh, now that you know the Santa Clauses, and uh, we'll we'll get to that in a bit, but let's uh let's continue here on the santa claus 2 and uh we'll get to santa claus 3 shortly so um the this little feature thing was really cute uh very similar to the first one and uh so in this one like i said santa claus has to get married and a lot of so basically the entire first cast came back uh judge Reinhold, uh wendy crowson uh Obviously, Tim Allen, Eric Lloyd. Like I said, Spencer Breslin was an addition. He was part of a new cast that was added on for the new movie. Included in that was Elizabeth Mitchell playing Carol. She would be the future Mrs. Claus. Lillian Mummy, she was the, at the time, she was the the younger sister to Charlie. I mean, she would still be his younger sister, but she's much older now. Uh, She played Lucy Miller. That's Laura and Neil's daughter. So like I said, Charlie's little sister. And uh, I want to point out that in uh, the the Legendary Figures Council, there's a few people, the Tooth Fairy, Art LaFleur, Tamara Taylor is playing Mother Nature, and playing Father Time is Peter Boyle and what is interesting about that this is a little fan theory that I have is he was in the first movie Peter Boyle's in the first movie he's Scott Calvin's boss his real boss at the toy company and in the second movie he's father time there's no explanation there's no connection nobody ever mentions this uh, in the movie apparently in Santa Claus 2 Peter Boyle's uncredited for his role as father time which is surprising because he has like multiple scenes and lines in the movie Uh, but so in my fan theory now it's that he was always father time and in the first movie he was leading Scott to the the you know coming to the conclusion that he had to be Santa and there's even a scene uh, when you know Scott's at work so we're going back a bit we're back checking to the first movie a bit uh, in the first movie when Scott is a bit overweight now he's becoming Santa and he you know this was after the total tank uh, part in the first movie where like Santa was gonna ride a tank now this was a really weird uh, part where they're trying to like market you know new Santa to to you know like kids and stuff as as part of the military I guess. And he, he goes off the rails and he's like, no, you know, we can't have that Santa. So they, they go out uh, out of the room and his boss, who's Peter Boyle, uh, he, he talks to him and he's like, you need to figure yourself out, figure out what's going on, maybe take some time off and, and you know, like figure yourself out. And in the time, you probably think that like the boss, not, you know, like he, he's, you know, he's worried about his weight. You can be seen as like a good guy. He's trying to like look out for his employee. Now, I think, I think he was father time. And I think that he was telling Scott, you know, like, take some time off of work and focus on what's really important. And what was really important was figuring out that he needed to be Santa. So that's my little fan theory there. So, yeah, so he's in the second movie. Um, And... In the second movie, uh, we'll go over the plot really quickly here. In the second movie, Santa's up in the North Pole, and he finds out about the Mrs. Claus. That's what Curtis explains to him. And in one one of the best lines of the whole movie, and one of the best deliveries of the whole movie, is from Spencer Breslin, when Santa starts to become like, you know he's he's losing his Santa appearance and he's gonna lose his magic soon and his beard gets shorter and his his stomach you know shrinks in and Curtis is just like the decentification process has begun and that was like I can't even I can't even do it justice but his his delivery of that line is absolutely hysterical. And from there, you find out that Charlie is on the naughty list and, you know, he needs to go home and try to figure out what's wrong with Charlie. And at the same time, he has to try to find a wife, so he's going on some dates and there's I mean, it's a great plot, honestly. I think they did a good job of their intention of mixing the idea that Santa is also a person and he's juggling work and his home life. And as he goes through the movie, he starts to realize that his job has an effect on his home life and he realizes that one of the reasons that uh, Charlie is rebelling is because um, he feels repressed and he can't tell any of his friends or anybody that he cares about the what his dad does for a living. you know. In his words, uh, you know, he, my dad has the best job of all and I can't tell anybody, you know, everybody talks about how my dad's a plumber or a dentist or a cop. And, you know, my dad is Santa Claus, but I can't share that with anybody. And then, uh, you know, they bring in Lucy into the fold and she finds out, you know, who Santa Claus is. And, and through this, you know, um... Uh, Charlie figures out, you know, he has to respect the secret of Santa Claus and that it's a family secret, and that they keep it together. And uh, so, this uh, I haven't really mentioned. What is probably the funniest and the craziest part of this plot was that to allow Santa to leave, they had to come up with, uh, you know, like a fake Santa, or all the elves would freak out. Apparently, the elves are super fragile, and if Santa steps out of the room for an extended period of time, they're going to have a meltdown. Is what we're we're basically. Talking Hold at the beginning of the movie um, by Curtis and Bernard, so they decide to clone or like create a like a toy clone of Santa. Um, this is done by tripling the RAM, and I can tell you in my day job as an IT support, I've never heard of a machine that would allow you to clone somebody by tripling the RAM. I don't know what its intention was at the beginning. I, I though I can I guess it was to clone toys. It was to make copies of toys. And by somehow giving it more power, it would allow them to make copies of humans like of another person but this is this is totally conjecture because all they said was all curtis said was like i've been up all night and i tripled the ram and and santa's like wait you tripled the ram i'm not getting in that machine like well that was a, that was a leap of logic but i don't, okay let's just <laughs> so they 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 do clone santa and you get this like faux santa which is which is tim allen with less you know less rosy cheeks he had more of like a plastic veneer face and and according to tim allen he had a blast as the fake Santa, because the fake Santa is very black and white, and he talks in a very funny. Well, this is the wrong, this is wrong, and this is right, and as according to the rules, this is what happens. So there is no gray zone, and and um, so he wants to give Colt to everybody, and then in a very weird turn in a Disney movie, he turns into a dictator, like full military, black military outfit adorned with the medals and the, sas- the sashes and he creates his own toy soldier army and, and he like puts like the entire elf uh, community into like they're just coal miners now because all kids are terrible and they all deserve coal and so like Santa finds out that like the North Pole has been taken over by her evil twin and so like now that he's somewhat so he, he, he kind of like falls in love and he blows it all when he tries to tell her that he's Santa but he has no magic left and he has no Way of actually proving that, which is one of those funny things like you are Santa, but you have no way of proving it now. Like how are you supposed to prove it with no magic? So they manage to incorporate some of the legendary figures. The tooth fairy comes back and they they manage to get up to the North Pole and uh so that that leads to the the showdown that i was mentioning at the end um he has to you know grab one of the, the the lone reindeer that was introduced earlier in the movie they do a really good job of callbacks in the movie um introducing you know the the tooth fairy and then having him you know help them at the end at the beginning of the movie they introduce a new reindeer in training chet who, uh, you know, he crashes a lot. Uh, He has like a minute and a half of flight time total. And then at the end, he's the only reindeer available that's not attached to Santa's sleigh that is now being piloted by evil Santa with a bag full of coal. So real santa scott has to ride chet who has no flight time and is still in training and try to catch up to the sled being pulled by you know donner and blitz in and all these super seasoned trained reindeer um so that was that was the the western scene and it, you know it has like santa jumping off of chet and into the sleigh and then they're they're having a showdown and that that part really is western style because they're they're holding the reins right and the cart uh, the sleigh is basically a cart it's, it's basically like a buggy and and then eventually they lose the reins and they're crashing and it leads to uh it leads to some shenanigans and it's pretty funny and (laughs) the second movie wraps up with uh you know they've they've defeated evil santa and uh charlie brings carol who I didn't mention but Carol was his high school is his middle school high school I He's it's hard to tell I don't know what grade they're in in the states um, so we'll say it's middle school high school um, and uh, it's his principal the, it's the principal of his school that's who that's who Scott falls for and they they have a great they have a pretty good relationship in the sense that they've known each other for like three weeks maybe a month and uh, Scott is he, he used some of his magic to like really impress her and she, she has a moment and falls for him and they they kiss under they kiss under the mistletoe and and that was very nice i think it was a pretty well romantic comedy aspect of the santa claus 2 and then uh charlie has to convince her that you know her his dad is actually santa and he uses the snow globe very good callback the snow globe that bernard gave him uh at the end of the first movie that all he had to do was shake it and his dad would come so when she shakes it it like it- it explodes in all this like it doesn't explode but inside the snow globe there's all this snow flurring around and then it reveals like the actual like like a a top down perspective on the North Pole and she believes and then she shows up in the North Pole with Charlie and everybody they come and help rescue them and uh, she has to she has to basically accept that he's Santa Claus and that she's going to be you know his partner and Mrs. Claus and that at the moment she accepts this and that you know she professes her love Um, he becomes Santa Claus instantly Uh, his beard grows back and all the way comes back on and his coat uh i'm I'm not sure if he was already wearing the coat, but he was just super skinny but yeah his his whole his whole outfit comes back, and he's Santa Claus again. And uh, there's a, I believe there's a small scene at the end where they tease Mrs. Claus, uh, but that was, uh, we'll have you have to wait to uh, see- season three, <laughs> the third movie. you have to wait two years because uh, they figured out that sequels are better when you don't wait almost a decade in between them. So they they in the third movie you get to see um, Mrs. Claus finally, uh, but not the way that you see her in the Santa Clauses. So she's still kind of like hair down, uh, dressing more normal. She doesn't have her big like red coat and her, her hair up in a bun yet, but uh that that's to come. That's to come. So uh <laughs> so like I said, the third the second movie made a huge uh box office splash. Well sorry the budget was sixty five million dollars and the box office made even more than the first one, 172 point nine million dollars, which is I mean, that's you know, that's that's not nothing. The two movies together made almost 300, just over 300 million dollars, um, which is uh, which is amazing. So it makes sense that the next movie, the Santa Claus Three, would come out much sooner. We only had to wait two years, 2006, and I'm still roughly maybe still believing in Santa Claus by 2006 I'm at the end of uh, elementary school maybe starting high school um depend. yeah I would come uh, most likely it came out in December of 2006 which would mean that I was already in high school so I'll call it I say I'll say I wasn't still believing in Santa Claus by that point but I still respected the magic to this day I still respect the magic of Santa Claus I would never go around and 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 you you know, show your your kids ears if they're listening. I would never tell somebody that Santa Claus doesn't exist because it's it's an amazing thing that we do, and probably one of the best things that we do as a society is allow kids to have magic in their lives and to grow up believing in Santa Claus. It's it's this cohesive um, like agreement that we've all made that you will, you just want to keep that innocence and that childhood magic alive for as long as possible. And then you know, as they grow up, they you know we grow up and we we recognize what was done for us and we want to continue it for the next generation so that they can experience this magical you know time and and you know around the holidays i think it's so important uh it it's so magical and it's so meaningful too uh, i mean i mean just for myself uh you know if, if from my experience and in my opinion i had so many magical christmases and i look back on them with so many fond memories because that was really that is the magic of our world it's it's this make-believe innocence that is that is allowed to run rampant uh, for the first you know 11 years of your life you get to have like the world is anything the world is possibility it's magic and then it 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 doesn't wean out but it it changes in form and you and you you have more of a respect and an understanding for what it means to have magic Um, And that I think I think Christmas is a big part of that. I think the holidays is a big part of that. And these movies, in my opinion, is a big part of that. It's a big part of the the magic of childhood and the magic of Of Christmas, if I can if I can wrap this tangent up in a little bow and and present it as a Christmas present, that is what it would be. Um, and and so to have these movies and to to be able to revisit them every year is something that's really special, Uh, in my opinion. Again, in my opinion. So let's go on to the Santa Claus Three. We'll start with the budget stuff. It's an estimated. $12 million budget, which is weird. So there's no reported budget for the Santa Claus 3, which is weird. Every other movie, you just type in Santa Claus budget, you get a figure. It's on the Wikipedia page. It's on the box office mojo page. It's on everything. But you type in Santa Claus 3, no budget. Estimated $12 million, which is really low it's 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 surprisingly low considering that they added martin short to the cast they added carol's parents you know there's extra actors in the movie though and and all this stuff they have they still have vfx and everything and then to consider that it would be a smaller budget after the last one, which had a sixty-five million dollar budget and made over a hundred million dollars, or almost two hundred million dollars, one hundred seventy-two million dollars at the box office, it's it's mind-boggling and kind of weird to think that it would have only a twelve million dollar budget. Um, I did, however, read that if you if you look at the movie, they did reuse a lot of the set, so it wasn't in. Santa Claus 2 $65 million budget they built all of these new sets you know Santa's Village Santa's Workshop, his house, all of that they reuse it for the second one so arguably you could take that down in the budget, Um, they didn't really build any new sets if you watch the first uh, if you watch the new one, there's like one closet style room with like a freaking Red Bull machine because you need your advertisement money Um, and that would basically, it's like a broom closet would be like if I'm going out of my way here that's like the only new set in that movie and then maybe for 2 minutes um in I'll get to it in a second in the alternate version of the timeline um which is which plays into the plot of of the Santa Claus 3 um you see Tim Allen's apartment or what would have been his apartment if he had never maybe his condo uh, if he had never become Santa Claus so like a broom closet and what could be like a one shot scene in a hotel party room with a lot of windows is the, like, the only extra sets we have in this movie. So like, it's arguable that like the entire budget was like, like 10, you know, 90% of it was for, uh, actor salary and the other 10 percent was for minimal vfx because the vfx were not that great in this movie there was like, like uh, um, some like icing effects where they're like using ice powers and then at one point they thaw out and and there was there was not as much in that department as there had been in the first and the second movie um the second movie used, utilized it a lot more and it was it was well done um again 65 million dollar budget um though to say you know they reduce if if we accept that it was a 12 million dollar budget which i highly doubt i mean even if you just want to factor in like i've said in previous episodes you factor in the advertisement um you you have to bring the budget up to it like at least 15 million dollars um it still made 110 million dollars in the box office so it's not anything to scoff at with between the three movies now we're closer to um like 400 million dollars like four point like 450 million dollars across this this franchise which is which is quite substantial and it makes sense why they would bring it back and uh, it took it took a quite a long time 2006 to 2022 but i am so glad we have the santa clauses and i'll digress i don't want to i don't want to jump into that too soon so the santa claus 3 Probably the most panned. It has the worst box off box office reception. Box office reception, um, even though it made quite a bit of money. the The is a bit is a bit broken. I do like the the message at the end when they bring it back around. It's that it's about family and Christmas is about family. And you know he's gonna you know Santa Scott Tim Allen. <laughs> you know there's a lot of names for this character now. This actor. Um, he he opens up the secret of Santa and he tells his in-laws that you know he's Santa Claus and that his you know their daughter is now Mrs. Claus but you know all that all that comes around and he's struggling to juggle you know his home responsibilities and Carol Mrs. Claus uh Elizabeth Mitchell who did return um she's pregnant he's having you know his second child now he's you know he's starting a new family um, he's older he has more responsibilities and he's starting a family so it's it's kind of like what was in the second movie it's about juggling you know your home responsibility and your work responsibility and then you know as you get older they, both of these things just begin get, get bigger and bigger you have more responsibilities at home you have more responsibilities at work and they, they did a good job of that and, and especially when you add in the in-laws and it's the holidays and they really did do a good job of, like, it causes fights, you tick each other off, you know, some people, you know, sometimes it gets heated, and then on the work side of it, they introduce Jack Frost. That's Martin Short's character, and according to Tim Allen, what he says is one of the biggest flaws in the movie is you've got one of the other like one of the funniest comedians actors out there martin short and you put him in the movie with tim allen and they didn't even have like powerful scenes together there was no like comedic scenes between them they had a few interactions but there was like overarching things happening and it was mostly focused on like jack Jack Frost is trying to upstage Santa, and, you know, the legendary figures, they all come back. Tamara Taylor comes back. Peter Boyle comes back. Art LaFleur comes back. Um, that's Mother Nature, Father Time, and um, uh, the Tooth Fairy. Art LaFleur was Tooth Fairy. And, uh, or or in the second one, he wanted to be renamed Molinator. Um uh, I found you know that was kind of funny he wanted to have a new name uh they all these characters come back and and so Jack Frost he's another you know legendary figure he doesn't have a holiday he's feeling kind of shafted he wants Jack Miss or or Jack of July you know Jack 4th of July something like this and uh he sees an opportunity to kind of mess with Santa and uh he takes some like probation instead of being kicked off the council uh or, or whatever they refer to their their legendary figure i believe it was council so instead of being kicked off the council he he's going to be on probation he's going to try to help out around uh the north pole and learn something from santa kind of plays to his ego you know get them to stand down and he has a plot to uh kind of ruin you know scott's christmas to, to mess with santa he's you know turning the heat up on the Oven. he's jamming up the the printing press for the naughty list stuff like that and then as this goes on he's um he's kind of egging curtis on again they did a really good job writing jack as being kind of like um somebody that can can get under your skin and rile you up and and you know, he's one of those guys will like he'll he'll try to ga- get information from you by telling you that you don't know it, which would offend you and then make you explain it. well of course I know how to, you know, make Santa not Santa anymore, but you know, you just have to grab his his snow globe and and he has to say, I wish I wasn't Santa anymore, and bam, he wouldn't be Santa anymore. The escape clause is is what they terminology it. Ter- is what they terminology it? That's a that was a mouthful is, is the term they use the terminology they use for it um, the, the escape clause so the first movie the Santa Claus the second movie the Mrs. Claus and the third movie the escape clause and so uh, Jack is now on this mission to find the, the snow globe and this is where Lucy uh, Lily and Mummy she returns as Lucy and uh, un- she unwittingly again she doesn't know that Jack is trying to to, uh, trying to do this, he's trying to, you know, pull a fast one on them, hoodwink them, and he succeeds. He manages to get you know, Santa gets Scott to, to say, I wish I'd never become Santa after, you know, a whole day of just like disasters at work, disasters in the factory. And then, you know, Jack upstages him at home and he, well, sorry, he doesn't upstage him. He 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 ruins um, their tree trimming party and like he loses the, the tree so that it's going to fall over and it's going to break some of the ornaments. And one of those ornaments is like really meaningful to Carol and and then the the in-laws are angry and then carol's upset and scott's angry and and jack is trying to play the friend you know and and it does a really good job and then in in the i mean they take a, a my my caveat to this would be that they take a really long time to get through all of this and the, a lot of the movie is just like bickering and and small scenes that are like slowly moving the plot and then you get to what would be like the pinnacle of the movie and oh no, he said like I wish I was not Santa and Jack, you know, is handing him a gift and it happens to be his snow globe and he realizes like, Oh no, what have I done? And in this moment it transports him back in time with with Jack because he like he throws his arms around him and Martin Short and, and Tim Allen they're transferred back in time to the first movie and 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 jack comes up and like hits him in a face hits him in the face with a shovel he hits scott in the face with the shovel and steals the coat like before the older version of himself can come out and when jack puts the coat on he becomes santa they both like disappear and they're reintroduced into the timeline and it's about like 13, 13 years or something in between um yeah, 1994 to to 2006. It's about 12 years or something like that. Um, so I think I think I think he says 13. So maybe like coming up on the anniversary of 13 years, and so in this alternate version of time. Which very back to the future. Um, but unfortunately they 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 don't spend very much time in it. The like this entire portion of the movie is maybe twenty minutes and then you're into the ending of the movie. Um, you know, Scott has to figure out like, okay, what's going on, how do I get back to the North Pole? And it turns out that Jack has like um turned the North Pole into like a coming attraction. He got rid of the naughty and nice list and he opened it up to whoever can afford to come to the North Pole. And there's some plot holes obviously like what happened to the 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 legendary council they don't seem to be able to uh you know influence them as much in 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 so the far that like at the beginning when they summon everybody and jack is trying to upstage santa like when he decides to do his like probation and like help out at the north pole it's because they were threatening to like take away his powers and so that doesn't seem to be a problem now my fan theory is that as jack frost he's not as strong he doesn't have as much magic and so if the legendary council tried to strip him of his powers he would be subject to that but as santa santa is like a bigger legendary figure n- and not not just in the bowlful of jelly <laughs> santa s- sense of the bigger uh he's he's a much more prominent magical figure so maybe he has more power so that was like jack's plan that if he could be be santa he would be able to influence The cancel of legendary figures. Again, this is just conjecture. This is my fan theory because they don't really talk about it. But uh, and he doesn't have to deal with the whole secret of Santa, the whole SOS um business which was like you know a big whole part of it like why carol had to leave her family and she couldn't go visit and they couldn't visit her and and they couldn't know about it and that's what you know scott has to learn that it's not as important as family you know you don't keep secrets between family so he's gonna tell them that he's santa claus um that was that was my only like caveat like so It's all big and important for for Scott. He has to follow the rules, but Jack doesn't. And I guess that kinda maybe it plays into his personality. Jack is more of the con man suave. He's gonna convince people of things. And I guess over the course of his, you know, twelve years of being Santa, because in this alternate universe, Jack was Santa for twelve years, but to Scott he doesn't really have the memories. He just pops back in. Like basically at the moment he popped out of his universe, he popped into this new timeline, but he doesn't really have memory of that timeline which is which is decent it kind of follows the the sci fi idea of like alternate timelines and being passed in between them very back to the future very any sort of time travel event in that sense of of, uh, sci fi you know these these arcs and these these themes they have loose rules and guidelines and and i feel like sometimes you you have movies that that kind of like write their rewrite their own rules or you have movies that decide to follow some of the overarching rules of of sci-fi and time travel and in this case it's a bit of time travel and the alternate timeline so they did a good job they get an a plus for that one and uh, so i'll bring it back to the santa claus um my my take on jack as santa so they make jack frost into santa and he's freaking terrifying he has this short spiky beard thing and this like twirled that not twirled out but he has this mustache that he's like pulled up like along the side of his beard and it looks absolutely terrifying short hair and he's wearing more of like his santa robe is more like a hugh hefner like bathrobe and he has this big blue scarf on and uh it was just it was just terrifying compared to the what they do for scott what they do for for tim allen when they turn him into santa and I guess that's that was part of it. They wanted this compare and contrast, this idea of that, like you know, uh, Jack is this like he's using it for personal gain, and it's all about the power, and now even the money. He he turned you know Christmas into capitalism, and and uh, you know like uh, at one point he, he he you hear over the 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 PA speaker in the this new version of the north pole that like you can go and sign up to be on the nice list and parents pay for their kids to be on the nice list and it's basically the north pole is just like a like a coming attraction like a new version of disneyland and you can pet the reindeer and they look distressed and all the elves are are sad and distraught and none of them have smiles on their faces and they're just they're just so miserable and that was that was that was like the over arc uh, like the plot of the the third movie and they did they did a good job i mean the the kid the, the child actors all the kids in the movies and i mean there's a lot of kids in these movies between the the first one the first one they probably had maybe 30 kids in total you see them in the backgrounds they're they're twiddling their hammers they they sing a chorus song every every now and then in the second one there's a lot more kids they're doing a lot more things there there's a lot more depth to the sets you can see that like there's rows of like 10 20 30 kids just in one area um at the end of the second one there's like the 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 battle scene (laughs) battle scene there's a scene between all those big soldier guys that i mentioned and all the kids come running down the balcony and i mean in that one scene there has to be like Fifty kids, uh, and they're all in these little elf costumes. And they all have these little pointy ears and stuff, and it's 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 very very elaborate, very well done in that sense. And the same goes for the third movie. There's a lot of elves, and it's very well designed, and um, they did they did a very phenomenal job on that. And 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 the the, the kids in in the third one. You know, in in the first one, in the second one, and and in the beginning of the first one, they're all you know they're loving life and they're happy and they're singing songs and they're sing- they're sipping cocoa. And then the contrast to that is in Jack's world and in this you know capitalist North Pole. They're doing dance routines and they're they're selling you know merchandise. And not one of these elves is smiling. They're all sullen and they're all unhappy and they're all frowning and they. They did a good job of that because I mean it must have been hard for kids in these situations to do these dance routines and to do these parts and to not be smiling like it must have been fun right <laughs> you're having a good time and now you have to you have to stand there and, and sulk as you do as you do these scenes and I, I can I can appreciate the the, uh, the effort and the talent that went into that on behalf of these young actors and these young thespians they have they have a real talent here it's it's quite amazing and uh i mean that was santa claus 3 through and through a lot of people uh don't like it it's become a cult classic in its own right um but a lot of people think the first two are great and then you ask them like what do you think of santa claus 3 and even me i like to make the joke like "Ah, i love the santa claus movie and then someone will be like i made the joke at the beginning they're like oh what about the santa claus 3 i'm like well it exists like as a movie that exists but I, I i still watch it every year i still uh watch it maybe twice three times you know you just want to have a christmas movie on in the background so you go to your list home alone one home alone two the three santa claus movies uh the grinch one the original grinch you got your frosty the snowman and then you have your your um the miracle of christmas or uh what the. uh, uh I'm, I'm forgetting, the Christmas Carol. Yeah, the Christmas Carol. So you got your like Mickey's Christmas Carol. You got your animated Christmas Carol. You got your Muppets Christmas Carol. There are so many versions of a Christmas Carol. It's, it's quite amazing actually. Um, and and that's just, that's the Christmas season. You're gonna keep watching these amazing movies. I mean, I, I barely named a handful of them. Uh, probably one of the ones we watch the most in my family, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That is a hilarious uh, Christmas movie movie that again classic stands the test of time um super young johnny galecki in that movie which i I didn't mention in the alternate version of the the santa claus timeline in the santa claus 3 uh scott's assistant is eric kripke the character from uh the big bang theory that's it was hilarious it was just he, he's in he's in literally one scene and then and then you don't see him again but i found it funny that uh that he was there um and then yeah so i mean just uh christmas movies in general are amazing the santa claus three unfortunately not considered as good as the first two in my opinion, still pretty good movie. And that's, uh, that's Christmas movies all in all. This has been the Christmas episode, the first Christmas episode of The Nerd Review. I will do probably another one. It might not come out next week. I will try to record it on Saturday. But next Saturday is... Christmas Eve, so it is the twenty fourth, and I am looking out the window right now, and it is a beautiful snowy Saturday afternoon right now. So we have a week between us and Christmas at this point, and I'm going to be watching the Santa Clauses on Disney Plus. That's amazing series. So let's talk about that uh, for a bit here before the end of the episode. So we're back in the North Pole with the whole gang. Scott is there uh tim allen is back elizabeth mitchell is back uh charlie lloyd has so far he i've seen him in one episode i've only watched the first two episodes um i thoroughly enjoyed them we love them me and my girlfriend we watched them we love them if you've seen the santa claus uh if you've watched it Two to three times every every Christmas for the last twenty years, um, you can only imagine how much uh, excitement it brings me, and and I can only assume other fans to be back in the North Pole uh, with this version of Santa and this character that has just become um, such a classic and and such a staple of Christmas in 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 my in my humble opinion. <laughs> um, so in the Santa. Santa Claus, it's, you know, Scott has been Santa for almost. 30 years you know it's 28 coming up on 29 years uh, he's been Santa Claus and it's coming up on his 65th birthday him and Mrs. Claus uh, Carol they now have two kids at the end of the third movie they had their first kid and now they have two kids and they've grown up in the North Pole so they're a bit weird Uh, you know magic is uh, you know everything and they don't really know how the human world works and not as many people are celebrating Christmas and Scott you know he started to think about retirement, and honestly, it's it's an amazing series. I love the episodes so far. I'm so excited to watch more of it. I couldn't have imagined getting a series um, like this with, uh, you know, they I mean, the episodes are... 50 minutes each Uh, you put two episodes together you have a movie there's gonna be like eight episodes it's so much content uh, so much great content that I'm, I'm gonna be instantly in love with I'm completely biased I have no objective opinion other than I'm gonna love every episode and I look forward to uh, watching all of them, and it's uh, it's going to be great, honestly. Uh, so I, I totally recommend it. I don't want to give away too much. Like I could talk about the entire series right now, but I don't want to give away spoilers. It's brand new, uh, and I've only really watched the first two episodes. And and in those two episodes, it's it's two hours of content. So like it's it's a movie in and of itself. There's so many great reveals, and they're they're covering so many different aspects. And I mean, if there's only if there's only eight episodes. Episodes, and I say only you put those eight episodes together, and if they're the same runtime, that's four movies. That's the runtime of four movies, right? That's that's uh, two hours at a piece each episode. Or two episodes put together, two hours. You know, you have eight episodes. You got four movies right there, and I mean that's amazing. And some of the some of the, the things that they're covering are, uh, you know, if you've ever had a conversation or like you know thought about this universe, like what happened to the uh, original Santa Claus. Like if he, if he died, did or like did he die? Did he just like phase out of existence? And like what happened to like did he have a wife? What if he had a Mrs. clause Because like apparently it's a contract. So like did her wife disappear? And and some these are like some of the things that are on you know the fan pages and the Wikipedia pages and and you know if you go to the there's a subreddit for for the Santa Claus and you know other reviews and other videos and it's uh it's it's amazing that it's it's fan service they 've looked at this online and they 've acknowledged uh these theories and these ideas and they 're actually addressing them in the content is is quite amazing and it's something that I love when it 's done right and to be honest disney they they kind of hit it out of the park lately they do really understand what fan service is all about and uh i mean this is going to be an amazing journey so that's what i'm going to spend uh my ramp up to christmas doing i'm going to watch the rest of the santa claus series and i can only highly suggest it to any other santa claus fan or if you want to jump on the bandwagon now um it's all available on disney plus not a sponsor just a fact Uh, so if you're interested go check out disney plus Plus. And uh, that'll be uh, it for today's episode. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, the Nerd Review of the Santa Claus 1, 2, and 3, and a bit about the Santa Clauses, the new series on Disney+. And I hope you have a great holiday season. This has been the Nerd on the Nerd Review, and this is the Nerd signing off.